Hello and welcome to the mashup, your number one source for sports gaming and everything in between. I am your host, Jake Patterson, and it was it was certainly a weekend of football. If you've listened to this show, you know where my allegiances lie on both Saturdays and Sundays. And um, not a great weekend for me. To uh, to put it mildly. We'll get to that. Don't you worry. But I feel like I feel like uh, the structure for last week's show worked well. Nerd shit, sports, sports, nerd shit. So uh, we're gonna do that again because I am I am glad I waited to start recording as soon as I saw this because the CDL, the Call of Duty League, uh, broke the community with an announcement on Tuesday afternoon. Which is, you know, when I record this show. I'm recording this about an hour and a half after the announcement went live. Big news from the Call of Duty League. They are taking a page from their former MLG roommates, rivals, whatever the heck you want to call them. And kicking off the season shortly after launch. It's a little bit longer of a window. Like, instead of... uh, Instead of, I think, uh, the HCS kickoff major was was like a month from when multiplayer dropped. CDL season is going to be about a month and a half. Because CDL season is going to kick off December 2nd of 2022. When the game releases... Hold on. I, I should have this. I should have this memorized by now. It is going to release... Uh, that's the 2009 one. Uh... Yeah, let's let's narrow it down to 2022, October 28th. So actually, no, that's about the same amount of time. That's that's like five weeks. Yeah, one, two, three, four, five. That's literally five weeks. So it's actually about the same amount of time. It just felt longer because October and December. The the major is two weeks later. The major is uh, the major starts on December 15th, which is awesome i i am so hyped for that it's in raleigh which again like north carolina is becoming is very quickly becoming an incredible market for esports in the u.s like raleigh is raleigh is kicking ass i feel like all of north carolina is but like raleigh is really putting in the work and and this goes all the way back to the mlg days but I love that I love that both games are just going back to the their their roots and holding season opening lands, game launching lands in Raleigh. Cause like Raleigh, Columbus, Las Vegas, New York, Anaheim. Like these were and and London. These were like pillars in the MLG days. So I'm glad that uh because L.A. obviously still gets love because Champs is in L.A. every freaking year. It's at the Galen Center. Like they, they must have some kind of deal with, with USC. Like, they have to. And then... Uh, but, yeah. We got five majors plus Champs this year. Major five, the city has not been announced yet. Uh, what was the order? It was Raleigh, Boston, Texas, and New York again. Which... 
Like, I'm good with all of those cities. Boston, Boston's going to be hype. Optic, Optic always shows out. Like, it's going to, that one's going to be a very heavy, like, green wall presence. I think, I think Raleigh will be a little more neutral. Possibly. I don't know with that one. Like, that could be entirely green wall, or it could be, like, actually neutral. That's, that one's a toss-up at the moment. But I'm I'm very hyped for Raleigh. Like me, we uh, me, me and the Ocean Squad have already started already started planning this in in our Discord. Like we're uh, we're 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 making a point to try to get down there. Like if because tickets for New York for four day passes were a hundred and thirty five dollars. That's not a lot of money. <laughs> and like I'm I'm really hyped for this event. I know I said I was going to go to HCS Orlando and that starts in it starts in 3 days and I'm, you know, still in Maryland and don't have a flight to Orlando booked or tickets to the event or a hotel. And uh yeah, that's uh so not going to be in Orlando. I, I know that comes as a shock. But I I feel like since I have friends confirmed interested, I might be able to pull off rally. And I'm so excited for that. But enough about my plans to attend this event or not. This is huge for the CDL. Because for one, didn't last season start like Call of Duty League... Actually, I can just go. I can just go to the companies. I can just go to the Call of Duty League's website because I think last year's schedule is uh, still on there. Yeah, yeah. The uh, the the real season for CDL twenty twenty two didn't start until February. And the first land was in March. So um, that's not happening <laughs> this year. That That's not happening this year. We're, we're kicking off the season five weeks after the game drops, which means game's probably going to drop with ranked play or it's going to come very soon after launch, which again, good things. And... We we get the first LAN just under two months after the game drops. Because it's seven weeks. It's five weeks from drop to first qualifier matches. And then two weeks of qualifiers before the tournament. And this is a this is a mega tournament. Like the major itself is a pro-am. So uh, some challengers teams will probably get into the actual the actual tournament itself over Paris Legion. Or now I think I think the way they set it up, all twelve teams are going to be there, and they'll probably do sixteen. It'll probably be twelve team, all twelve plus plus four challenger teams. I could I could see a scenario where that happens. Maybe they push it to twenty and they do eight, but. We'll see. More details will probably come soon. This this event is 
three months away. So uh, they, they've got time to announce more details about it. There's also a Challengers Open for the teams who don't qualify for the actual, like, the Pro-Am slash Major. That's the big thing. CDL points are on the line. Could you imagine, like, even a good CDL team getting standings points taken away from them by a Challengers team? And Challengers is going to be different this year because... uh Ultra Academy NA aren't going to be destroying everyone because Scrappy got called up to uh, Scrappy got called up to the big boy club, which was the correct call. Even if they let Cammy walk and join Minnesota, they, they let the wrong cold war AR leave, but that is, that is an entirely different discussion. Got the challengers open, which is always ridiculously hype. The return of the cod endowment bowl, which I think and last time they weren't able to do this because it was for Cold War in 2020. They, uh, this time it's U.S. It's going to be U.S. versus U.K. military esports. I was, I, I knew the U.S. military and most of its branches had an esports arm. Like I knew the arm, I I knew at least Army, Navy, and Marine Corps. And I would assume Air Force does too, because they sponsor esports events. Space, Space Force should only have a Halo team. <laughs> Space Force should only play Halo. That'd be, that'd be really funny. Like Space Force, Space Force should only play Halo and just be champions of infinite warfare every year because no one else plays it anymore. <laughs> and, uh... I was not aware that the uh, the British military had had like esports teams that they that they sponsored, and you know their members are active service members. I that that's still that still confuses me a little bit, but again, different discussion. But that's going to be hype because like. U.S. versus U.K. military rivalries are hilarious because, for one, like, outside of, like, SAS versus baseline, like, if you were to compare the SAS to their equivalents, they'd get dumpstered because their equivalent are the Navy SEALs. Like, no. <laughs> SAS are badass, don't get me wrong. Like, SAS are one of the most badass special forces units on the planet, but throw them up against, throw them up against the Navy or the Air Force. Like, that's, uh, that, that would be, I mean, they're, they're closer. I mean, if... If Call of Duty has taught me anything, the SAS are closer to the Navy SEALs than anybody else. But yeah, I would I would not mess with those guys. <laughs> but like US versus UK military rivalries are hilarious because like we haven't had a reason to test who's better in 210 years. <laughs> 
and like we've been on the same side in every major conflict since then. So playing Call of Duty against each other is a very fun and like not international incident causing way to uh to do it instead. So that's gonna be hype, and they're gonna be and I think that's technically a program too. Like they partner up with streamers. At least they did for the last time. They might they might do it differently this time because you know no Rona, no no Rona issues like they had two years ago with the uh, the Cold War version. But and then you also get the COD Mobile Championships, which first time first time COD Mobile will ever be played on LAN, which. Again, sounds insane. I've seen mobile esports on land. It's kind of funny to watch <laughs> because there's no like big displays or anything. They're just playing on phones. They're playing on really high end phones that are like plugged into, you know, a, a router and everything. But it's still really funny. God, I I wish I wish COD Mobile would get a would get a Steam port just so. Because it's all the best of every COD ever. Its storyline makes absolutely no freaking sense, but who cares? Like, they're doing that with the mainline games anyway, throwing freaking guns from AW into Vanguard with no real concern for timeline continuity at all. But yeah, this is, this is going to be an absolutely hype event. I can't wait. Like I said, I'm going to try to be there. Got got three months to plan this out. <laughs> this should be interesting. But uh, yeah, before we before we wrap up COD, we did have we did have two uh, roster announcements in the last couple days. Um, Monday, we got the new we got the new uh, Boston roster. Not the new Boston roster. The Florida roster was Monday. This is an interesting one because you got a veteran of the Florida Mutineers who's basically been with the. Actually, no, he has. He's been with the team their entire existence. Since the Florida Mutineers were created, Havoc has been a member of their roster. You got Havoc and you got Major, who, who uh, did good. Who did good work for them last year? He he played for them last year. Yeah. And then you got two two guys coming up from challengers. You got you got Brack and you got uh you got Vickle. I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly. This this team could go either way. I mean, they're still better than than Vegas, which oh my god, Vegas. Keeping the same boring ass branding with the freaking Florida Lee, which has nothing to do with Las Vegas. The, the club and spade symbol was right there. It wouldn't be that hard to change. Like, and for the love of God, get rid of those. I, I know there's already two red and black teams. You know what? You know what you do? There's already two red and black teams. You do red and white. Like, London is red and blue. Phase and Thieves are red and black. Do red and white. <laughs> like you have like a poker chip aesthetic. If you can't, 
if the colors for doing like suits of cards is taken, have a have like a poker chip vibe. That that would look so freaking cool. And I know Las Vegas Aces is taken by the WNBA team. But come on, you can do better than that. Than that absolutely putrid orange and other orange. With the freaking Florida Lee. And they just, they, they're still going to have an absolutely garbage roster. Like they're CDL. You have done so much right. After this season, force them to sell that team. Cloud nine complexity and evil geniuses are right there. And I can tell you all three of them would come up with much better branding that ties into Las Vegas a whole lot better than this like French facade. The only thing, the only thing French in Las Vegas, Nevada is the Paris casino. And that thing's not even that French. Like you should have forced them to get rid of the fucking Florida Lee. You should have, if you had to subsidize that shit, it looks so bad. And the team is still going to suck. Like that's the worst part. The team is still going to be absolutely ass. You could at least make the branding look cool. So they sell merch, but nope. Stuck with those god-awful colors, that stupid name that has even less to do with Las Vegas than it did with Paris. And a logo that has absolutely nothing to do with Las Vegas other than the fact that there is a casino there called the Paris. And even then, the Las Vegas Strip isn't actually in the city of Las Vegas proper. It's uh, because of old gambling laws. But again, different discussion. Like... That's an interesting read if you want to if you want a good Wikipedia Wikipedia deep dive the history of Las Vegas. That's that's a good one. It's uh it's very bloody and also very funny. But that's the Mutineers roster. Shortly after the announcement or actually was it before or after? It was right at the same time <laughs> that the uh the CDL season season announcement video went live. The, the tweets timestamped at 3.02. The video premiered on YouTube at 3. The, again, Eastern time zones, but... But yeah, this is... This is a good team. Nero and Vivid coming back. Coming back from last year. Plus, met Actually, Nero, Vivid, and Methods. At, teaming up with... Uh, teaming up with Big Wake. And the announcement video was great. Because it's just, it's methods. It, it's at the very end. It's like that, that breach, like hacker aesthetic, looking through everyone's roster, uh, memeing on all of them, especially New York's. And then uh, cutting to the roster reveal video, which is some absolutely beautiful, like drone shots of Boston with methods uh, talking on the phone to Wake and Wake saying, I'm bringing a major to Boston with me. And, like, that's the announcement that Major 2 is in Boston. A, A plus, A plus plus, actually, S plus marketing by uh, the Boston Breach social team. Uh, shout out to, uh, shout out to Chris P. He's a, 
I have I have interacted him with him on Twitter and in some Discord servers a few times. He's a cool dude. Uh, drop him a follow because uh, even though even though he's a Boston fan, he's he's got some good tweets. He's 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 a very funny follow. Like he's got good tweets and he like can occasionally break stories and he he's got a lot of good behind the scenes twitter content with the Boston Breach cuz he's the head of their their social department. So uh drop drop him a follow. You, you can find him on on my followers list. But uh yeah, that's what I got for that's what I got for Cod League. I, oh, one one negative. It's basically all but confirmed. Domination is the third game mode for the next two years. So uh, that sucks. Uh, for the love of God, format it like strongholds. You don't even have to do the full strongholds thing where you need to stand in the zone to rack up points. I feel like that wouldn't really work for Cod. It's honestly annoying as hell to play in Halo. So... Uh, <laughs> But but format it like strongholds. You need to hold at least two points to score. Like, so, you know, teams wouldn't build up. Actually, no, they'd still build up giant leads because that's the standard anyway is you hold two points. Figure something out to make domination scoring less awful. I don't know how you can do that on super short notice, but... That that is my challenge to the CDL for next season. Make find a way to make domination scoring less terrible. <laughs> because I remember those domination games on MW2019. They were freaking boring. But that's what I got for the CDL. Up next, we'll uh get into the NFL and talk about a weekend that was that was not very good for me overall in football. It's coming up next here on the mashup. All right, let's get into some football. NFL first. God, that sucked. The Ravens should have won that game. How the hell do you blow a 21 point lead at home and waste that kind of performance from Lamar Jackson? And how do you let the fucking wife beater beat you? I know he's a speed demon, but he's a human piece of garbage. No one's going to care if you drill him. He honestly deserves it. For those who don't know, I am referring to Tyreek Hill because people just seem to forget that he's a terrible person. Yeah, the defense choked that one. Mike McDonald choked that one. The, uh, the running game that... The running game not named Lamar Jackson choked that one. God, we need Jake. God, they need J.K. Dobbins back. Oh, my God. They need him back. He was a full participant in practice last week. He probably, he more than likely will be again this week. And are they home or away? I know they're playing the Patriots, but where? In Foxborough. Still three-point favorites, though. In Foxborough, which is a good sign. So, uh, yeah, go up to Foxborough, beat the, beat the crap out of the Patriots, and uh, and get back on track at two and one. How 
how do the Eagles have a better record than the Ravens right now? I knew the Eagles were going to be good this year, but the Ravens are supposed to be good too. <laughs> you absolutely dominated the the Dolphins for basically the entire game and then just couldn't run the ball and get a first down and couldn't stop their offense. You were stopping their offense for the entire first half. Oh my God. That, that game sucked. That game sucked. Let's put it past us and move on. But at the same time, that's also oddly comforting because in years where the Ravens are really freaking good, for whatever reason, they have a what the hell are you doing loss in week two. Every year. Like, entire John Harbaugh era, that has been a thing. Doesn't matter how much they win by in week one, in week two, they they do something stupid. I always felt like that was more of a Joe Flacco thing. But I feel like it... It, it's kind of carried over to uh, to Harbaugh too, and the years where they where they lose in week one and then bounce back and win in week two, they're they're not as good. I.e., last year when they lost in week one to the freaking Raiders, only to come back home and beat the Chiefs, which was beautiful. That game was incredible, but it was still weird. You know, first full crowd home game at, at M&T Bank Stadium in, in what is essentially two years. Like, it was uh, it was good. It was a good game. Sunday should have been. But hey, we'll, we'll go beat the crap out of the Patriots this week and, uh, and season will be right back on track. But week two was... Week two was nuts. <laughs> The Giants and the Eagles are somehow both 2-0. I think the Cowboys are too. No, the Cowboys are 1-1. Cowboys lost last week. The Bills are just beating the crap out of everybody. They, they scored even more points and allowed even less. <laughs> they scored 10 more and allowed 3 less against the Titans than they did against the Rams. And obviously the Rams are a better team than the Titans. They're reigning Super Bowl champions for a reason. But they just got obliterated by the Bills. The Bills were clearly pissed that they got screwed last year in the playoffs because, let's be honest, they 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 would have beaten they would have beaten the Bengals. They they would have beaten the Bengals. It's not even a question in my mind. They would have beaten the Bengals in the AFC championship game last year. <laughs> like no, no doubt in my mind at all. And uh, ESPN slash ABC really messed up by having like, they just got really unlucky with having two Monday night games this week. And both of them being terrible. Like you got, you got to see Josh Allen showing off and, uh, and Liberty fans got to see Malik Willis play for the Titans and not play very well. Cause you know, he came in there when it was already 41 to seven. So that's just, that's just not, it's just not a great start. <laughs> 
So, uh, it's, it's not the best start for, for him, but hey, maybe, maybe he'll get to play somewhere down the line in the season against a not as good team. Who, who are the Titans playing this week? The Titans are playing the Raiders. Don't, I, you can put Malik Willis out there. You're probably still going to lose because the Raiders are still better than you. Not by much, but they're still better. Because the AFC South is steaming hot garbage this year. One member of that team, that division, has a win. And it is the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're the only member of that division to have a win. Because the Colts and Texans tied each other in week one, and then they both lost in week two. Oh, no. Colts have the Chiefs next. Who do the Texans have? Texans have the Bears. The Bears are doing okay. They they ran into the Packers buzzsaw this week, but I think uh, I think they are more than capable of beating the Texans. And who are the Titans playing? Oh yeah, the Titans are playing the Raiders. So um, yeah, everyone in this division is probably going to lose it. Oh my God, the Jags are playing the Chargers. <laughs> Everyone in this division is probably going to lose again in week three. But I think right now we can firmly say that the AFC South is the worst division in football. Because at least the NFC South has the Buccaneers. The Panthers and the Falcons are both useless. Like, they're both terrible. Matt Rule is not a good coach. He wasn't a, he wasn't a very good coach at Baylor. He's a really terrible coach in the NFL. The Falcons are the Falcons are just the Falcons. They they still haven't recovered from from 28 to 3. Somehow the NFC East has two undefeated teams. I think the Commanders are really bad cuz you know they they lost to the Lions and they're probably going to lose to the Eagles this week. So I don't I don't know what the heck is going on through two weeks. Obviously the Chiefs are two and oh. They're they're gonna be three and oh because they get get the freaking Colts. They only barely beat the Chargers, though. That that's gonna be a dogfight. That's gonna be a dogfight for that division the entire year. Between between the Chiefs and the Chargers. I I think I said it on the season preview show. Like, whoever wins, honestly, whoever wins this game. Or no. Like, I think, uh, like, the Chiefs have the momentum right now, but when do they play again? They play again in November. So that's week 9, 10, 11. They play again week 11, November 20th. That's right before Thanksgiving. Right? I feel like... Yeah, November 20th. That's the Sunday before Thanksgiving. So that's going to be uh that's going to be an interesting one cuz that one's in LA but Chargers fans don't really like the Chargers don't really have fans in Los Angeles. Like the Rams have pretty firmly taken that market and they share a stadium. The stadium is gorgeous but it it's def it definitely belongs to the Rams like they're just they're just renting it, which, again, ma- massive fuck up by the Spanos family. 
But everybody in the AFC North choked this weekend. At least the Ravens were not alone, and they actually lost to a good team. Like, the Browns lost to the Jets, which, like, they they absolutely should have won that game. The Bengals lost to the Cowboys, which, fair. Again, you went to the Super Bowl last year. You are supposed to be better than this. Now you're 0-2. And the Steelers, without TJ Watt, <laughs> lost to, uh, where the heck is the Steelers game? I can't even find it. The heck? I literally can't find the Steelers game. There it is. They lost to the Patriots at home. I knew they lost to the Patriots. I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure where it was. They lost to the Patriots in Pittsburgh, which, um, again, not a good start to your season. The Patriots aren't good. I know a few years ago, just a few years ago, losing by three to the Patriots at home is would not be a ba- would not be a bad thing. That would be seen as that would be seen as oh crap, we almost had them. But hey, that's promising. Now, now it's really bad because the Patriots aren't good anymore. Once Tom Brady left, Patriots weren't good anymore. And I think it's really funny because. They're going to continue to suck until Belichick retires and actually commits to a freaking and someone actually commits to a freaking rebuild because Bill Belichick will not be around for a rebuild. He's Bill Belichick. He doesn't do that. He thinks Mac Jones can be his guy. He's not. But yeah, it was um, it's an interesting week. Somehow the Rams almost lost to the Falcons. I I don't I don't get that one. I know the Falcons choked it. Like the Falcons choked it at the very end. <laughs> Cause uh or no, they didn't choke it. They just had garbage time points. The uh the other way around. They came close and then they couldn't they couldn't finish it off. But yeah, week two made no freaking sense. Week, week three of college football, uh, some stability returned, but I have, I have one question. Why in God's name is App State not ranked? Like, they're in others receiving votes. They're right there. They're, uh, what are they? They're effectively 26, 27, 28. They're effectively 28th with, uh. 77 points. Only problem. Miami's 25th. They just lost to A&M, who are 23rd. App State beat A&M at A&M. So really, I think they, like, I know they lost... They lost at home to UNC, but that game, I remember watching it. That game was a fluke. <laughs> that game, that game was effectively a toss-up. App State should be ranked. App State should be ranked, and honestly, they should be ranked ahead of Texas A&M. Texas, Texas should not have lost a spot. Like te- Texas shouldn't have lost a spot. 
Because who did they? They beat the crap out of Texas San Antonio. Why did they lose a spot? Yeah, the poll doesn't make a lot of sense this week. Like, I get BYU dropping seven spots because they lost to number 25, Oregon. Who have moved all the way up to 15. Good God. But it all doesn't matter because uh, Georgia is far and away the best team in the country. Like I don't know who thought South Carolina was going to beat Georgia. But a lot of people did. And uh, I, I remember someone used the phrase, South Carolina could get them. They, they certainly got something. A, a beating. 48-7. If you lose like that at home, and then you get a national television embarrassment of saying you're going to honor your, your female student athletes and then kicking them off the field 15 seconds later after telling them to come to all come to the game, which they were probably going to do anyway, at least most of them. But still, you just immediately kick them off the field and like Shane Beamer looked pissed. Shane Beamer looked really pissed that they were doing that. And that all happened on national television because they were playing Georgia. It was, it was not a good look for South Carolina at all. Especially when, right now, their best sport that's going to get them the most national attention outside of football is women's basketball. Because last time I checked, their women's basketball team is pretty freaking good. So, just an all-around embarrassing day for South Carolina. And just the the other side of an absolutely terrible football weekend for me. Liberty went down to Winston-Salem, North Carolina. And came so close to beating Wake Forest. An absolute hero play by DeMario Douglas on Liberty's final touchdown, the final scoring play of the game where he just ripped the ball out of, uh, out of a defender's hands and saved a touchdown or saved an interception and then scored a touchdown at the same time. And you had the emotional swing of the wake fans screaming, thinking it's an, an interception, realizing what them realizing what happened. And then the Liberty fans also realizing what happened and going nuts themselves. And by all accounts on Twitter, I was I was unfortunately stuck at work during this game, so I missed most of it. I was I was following along with the end on Twitter. And uh and then they tried to run the Philly special on the two-point conversion. You You have DeMario Douglas. Just give him the ball and let him power through. That would probably work a lot better. When you line up to do Philly special, everyone knows it's coming. It's one of the easiest to read trick plays in all of football. Like It worked one time for the Eagles because no one had done it. And then once everyone saw it, it's so easy to read. Like once you start that play, everyone knows what you're doing. 
like double reverse. It, it just doesn't work. And like CJ Arbro, he's a great receiver. He's not, he, he kind of panicked and just started running towards the end zone and he got stuffed at the line of scrimmage. And that sucks because Liberty could have won that game. And I know they missed a field goal earlier. I didn't know it at the time because, again, stuck at work. Missed missed seeing that on Twitter and just wasn't watching the game. I, I know they missed a field goal earlier, and that would have completely changed the tempo of the rest of the game. But, man, that would have been a good win. Going on the road, getting a top 20 win against an ACC team, like... Liberty has racked up wins against ACC teams in the past couple of years. Obviously, Syracuse, um, Syracuse, uh, and Virginia Tech. That's actually it. <laughs> Syracuse and Virginia Tech. Uh, probably will beat Virginia Tech again later this year because that's a home game, and Virginia Tech fans are trying to act all high and mighty, saying, "No, we don't want to." We don't want to give your terrible university money. It's now you, you, uh, most of you probably live in Roanoke. Lynchburg is a quicker drive than Blacksburg. I've done that drive. Lynchburg is closer to Roanoke than it is to Blacksburg. You, uh, you're, you're trying to act like you have some moral high ground. You just, you just don't want to see your team lose to, uh, a team that you perceive to perceive yourselves to be better than. Because uh, you went on the road, you lost Old Dominion. Come uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving, you're going to come on the road and you're going to lose to Liberty. And, like, I still have confidence. I still have confidence in them. I still have confidence in my my 9-3 and three prediction. I know I said 10-2, and two, but after I thought about it, I thought 9-3 and three was much more likely because I figured they'd lose to uh, both BYU and Arkansas. But honestly, now, like, Arkansas did not have a great showing this weekend. <laughs> like, Arkansas didn't have the best showing this weekend, and I think I think it, it dropped them out of the top 25, didn't it? Standings, AP top 25. Nope, they're still 10. But they didn't have... They didn't have the best showing this weekend against a team they should have absolutely demolished. Like they let Missouri State an FCS team hang around for way too long. Like they let them hang around for way too long. So it's unlikely cuz they they could turn their crap around by then cuz that's that's still a few weeks away. Like that game that game's not until like late October early November. But I if yeah, it's first first Saturday in November. If if Liberty comes away with that win coming off the BYU game, which they also at least have a chance to win. I don't know if they will, but home game buff week after homecoming where uh they let's be honest, they won't have to exert exert much effort. October overall is going to be a really easy month for Liberty. Good God. Adult Dominion at UMass, home against Gardner-Webb, 
uh, home against BYU. So the toughest game of the entire month is a home game. And if I know Liberty, they're going to promote the hell out of that game. <laughs> they're going to promote the hell out of that game. They're, they're going to make it seem like the biggest deal of the season, which honestly, outside of Virginia Tech, it probably is as far as home games go. But yeah, interesting, interesting third week of college football. Uh, right now, Georgia and Clemson are probably front runners again. I know Bama's up there, but I don't think they've really played anybody yet. And the one time they did play a good team, they almost lost. And they probably would have lost if said good team's quarterback didn't get injured before halftime. Like They were playing with their backup quarterback who was limping himself and they still only won by one. Call me crazy, but if Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, I think Texas wins that game. So I don't have that much faith in Bama. Like I know Clemson hasn't played anybody yet either. But they're beating the teams in front of them. You beat Furman by 23. You beat Georgia Tech by 31. That's a technically a conference game. God, that's sad. Furman did better against Clemson, both offensively and defensively, than ACC member Georgia Tech. Because Georgia Tech scored 10, Furman scored 12, was, unless that was four field goals. Oh, they missed an extra point. So it was field goal, touchdown, missed extra point, field goal. That makes more sense. Three, nine, three. Yeah. But still, that's better offensively. That's better offensively than Georgia Tech did. And better defensively, too. You held them to 35. Georgia Tech gave up 41. What did they do this week? I know they won pretty convincing. Yeah, they won by 28. Like, they haven't played anybody yet. Obviously, this week will be the big test at Wake Forest. Uh, given what Wake just went through, that either means Liberty is really freaking good or Wake isn't as good as they seem. But again, one of the best offenses in the country statistically. And they haven't played a super cupcake schedule. I mean, they kind of have. VMI, Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt sucks. VMI is an FCS team and does not really put any emphasis on their athletics at all. I remember being Big South partners with them. Yeah, interesting week. Uh, more conference play is more or less kicking off. Penn State's still playing Central Michigan, but I think they've they've had a Big Ten game already. Yeah, they've had a Big Ten game already. So this is their this is their last non conference game. But basically, yeah, across most of the top 25, conference play is kicking off this weekend, and that's the real test. That's going to be the real test. What can, ten what can Florida do against Tennessee and vice versa? What can Arkansas do to A&M after they just almost lost to Missouri State? I don't have much faith in them. <laughs> yeah, this is, this is going to be an interesting weekend across football, both college and the NFL. But what do you guys think? How did your teams do this weekend? Twitter, Discord, you know the deal. Links in the show description as always.
But that's it for football. Up next, uh, switching gears back over, we're going to talk some HCS with Orlando this weekend. It's coming up next here on The Mashup. All right, let's talk some Halo before we wrap up the show. I was, at the beginning of the year, hoping to be at this event, but uh, that did not happen, unfortunately, because when I made that plan, I was still working close to 50 hours a week and making a lot of money. And then my hours got cut, and uh, I was no longer making a lot of money. And my car is not cheap when it comes to gas. So yeah, that's fun. But I'm still going to be watching. Like, I hate that this weekend lines up with with the COD beta. I'm going to have to be strategic because I want to play the COD beta, but I also want to watch the major. So I'm going to have to be strategic with my timing this weekend. And like, I also want to watch football. So this is, this is going to be, this is going to be a challenge. I might end up just playing the beta Thursday and Monday and then devoting the weekend to, uh, like the actual weekend to, um, Halo and football. It's going to, this is going to be an interesting challenge for me trying to figure out what I want to do and when. But Halo is the focus here. So it's been honestly way too long since the last HCS LAN, like real LAN. I know we had uh, the Mexico City Super, which was really fun, but Pittsburgh Knights now SSG just completely dominated the thing. And I expect them to do a lot better than SSG has done at any event this entire time because they are better than that old space station roster. But the big thing is 343 has built up some goodwill and honestly, a, a fair amount of hopium, a, a, a fair amount of hopium because the yapping event was really fun and they're keeping big team battle social after the event ended. Like the event actually ended today as I'm recording this. It ended a couple hours ago. And that's a good thing. I mean, it's not a good thing that the event's over, but my God, could you imagine if they didn't keep these events secret? The yapping and uh, this this other this other event that they've been teasing that's going to bridge the gap between between the yapping and the actual winter update on uh, on November eighth. And like you'll get the fracture event in there too, which fracture isn't as cool towards the end of the season. You're just like trying to get the the higher tier stuff on the battle pass. And land grabs are really fun mode too, so it it kind of sucks. But hopefully, hopefully they'll have a like a really good fracture event in season three, like just a really really good fracture event. I don't know what the theming of it'll be because we've already done samurai and diesel punk. So I, I don't know what comes next that doesn't just look like Halo. But uh, that that is a discussion for next year when Season 3 comes out. In March. Which is a bit of a pain. But hopefully... Hopefully we have a couple other events. I mean, we'll have Winter Contingency. And they'll probably, they'll probably sneak in one more. 
given given the fact that the roadmap didn't show everything, which it honestly should have. But then again, at the same time, the reception to the roadmap was so negative, it forced Bonnie Ross to uh, resign early. If you couldn't hear the giant air quotes I put around the word resign, they were in fact there. Because like, now that I think about it, a, a leave of absence is a thing. Like, you can just take a leave of absence, especially when you're in that prominent of position. Like, this... This has, this has, they let her step down to save face written all over it. Like I said, when the announcement came out, like if it's genuinely a problem with her family, I obviously hope the best for everything in that situation. But family emergency is also the one excuse no one ever questions. Like, it's the ultimate trick to get out of stuff. Fa- family emergency is the one excuse that no one ever questions ever. But again, Bonnie Ross leaving is goodwill. <laughs> because you had the guy who saved Master Chief Collection taking over Infinite. Which, again, like the dude basically took a tiny ass team and saved Master Chief Collection. It was four years after launch. So hopefully this time it'll only be uh, about 15 months, which is still an issue. (laughs) That's still too long. But hey, if we're getting Forge and hopefully FileShare in November, hopefully they know that they need to release FileShare with Forge. I I think they're smart enough to know that at least. And like the second forge video looked awesome. Like that, that juggernaut game mode. Like I know they shouldn't expect the community to make game modes for them, but like we can just make infection griff ball, uh, super fiesta, super fiesta is in the game, but juggernaut. I remember golf. In, in Halo Reach, golf in Halo Reach was really fun. You can find a way to make, like, freaking skee-ball. I remember playing skee-ball in Halo Reach. That was a good time. <laughs> Somebody built a full skee-ball thing on Forge World. That was... That was awesome. Forge World is the best, like, non-campaign thing that has ever been put in a Halo game, and I stand by that. And now we get a bunch of blank slate maps in in Infinite Forge. So uh, that's possibly even better. But the scripting looks actually relatively straightforward as opposed to the absolute nightmare that was uh, that was um, that was Halo 5 custom game creation. But like Juggernaut looked really cool. You can give yourself the campaign weapons. Like you can give yourself, uh, you can give yourself Eshram's hammer instead of just a standard, instead of just a standard grav hammer. And even though it, even though it acts like a, uh, even though it acts like a normal grav hammer, it still looks way cooler. 
but I'm I'm really hyped for Forge. I'm really hyped for whatever else is going to come with the winter update. And they announced that on Sunday they're going to do the throwback throwdown to celebrate the 15th anniversary of Halo 3, which hurt me to say out loud that, you know, Halo 3 is 15. But the HCS seemed to imply that this world premiere had something to do with Halo 3 and its 15th anniversary. The the rumors are it's it's a Halo 3 throwback playlist. If you just give me a Halo 3 playlist, I don't even need every Halo 3 map. I just need Guardian, The Pit, and honestly, I want freaking Valhalla. Like, if you're not going to give me full-on Blood Gulch, which I feel like will come eventually, give me Valhalla. I actually like Valhalla better than most of the versions of Blood Gulch. I think it looks better. Because coagulation is meh. Like, coagulation in in H2A is kind of meh. And, like, Blood Gulch is iconic. Thanks, Red vs. Blue. And that's, it's also a good map. Like, it's not just because of Red vs. Blue. Like, Red vs. Blue made it iconic, but it's also just a really good multiplayer map. Especially for Big Team. But, like, right now, Behemoth is our Blood Gulch spiritual successor, and that's not a great map. So bring back Valhalla and let us have some real fun. And of course, the pit. You gotta have the pit. If you're doing a Halo 3... If you're doing a Halo 3 throwback playlist, you must have the pit. Like, that is... That is non-negotiable. That is an incredible map. It's one of my favorite Halo 3 maps. Like, you have to have the pit. Uh, throw, throw a cup. Throw a Foundry variant or two in there if you can make that. Uh, what were there, were... there were so many good maps in Halo 3. Like, just bring back any Halo 3 maps you think are good because outside of a few, most of them are better than the base Halo Infinite maps. <laughs> they just are. But I'm I'm excited. Bring back you bet you better bring back narrows. <laughs> you better bring back freaking narrows. That's such a good map. Like my my god, I missed that map. That was such a good one. But yeah, that's that's actual Halo Infinite stuff. Let's let's talk about the major itself. So group stage, groups are already set. Uh group A, clear group of death, best European team ever. Phase, who uh, I think are going to be okay. It's hilarious that they still have Snipe Down listed as a member, even though he's playing for EU United at this event. Like on the Halo Esports Wiki, he's listed as a member of two different rosters. He's listed as a member of EU United and a member of Phase. Phase's real roster is Falcated, King Nick, Renegade, and Spartan, which I don't know how that roster is going to do. I mean, this is clear group of death because Ascend, best European team ever. Faisal, Faisal makes some noise. You got freaking Optic and you got Chiefs, the the best team in um, ANZ. 
yeah, it's ANZ. Right? I mean, I'm calling it ANZ. Because Australia, New Zealand. Overall, oof, I'd say this one goes Optic, Ascend, Phase, Chiefs, and then that that open bracket team, whoever they may be, unless they're just like a really good open bracket team who got unlucky and couldn't qualify and like just barely missed qualification and then run through the open bracket. Then I think like an NA team just absolutely running through the open bracket might be better than uh, than the Aussies. But that's like the only situation where I see that happening. Uh, group B. I did not realize Native Gaming Red were um, KCP's <laughs> KCP's old roster. Um, this this group one hundred percent belongs to them. Like, no question in my mind. I hate the KCP dropped out of Halo, but I'm glad I'm glad this team found a new home, and they are going to run away with this group. Like the other, the other Mexican team, uh, Centro Negra. I know absolutely nothing about them because they don't follow the Mexican scene. Uh, Quadrant is okay, but like at best they finish third. Cause I think, I think, uh, the former KCP roster and G1 are, are both better than them. Cause I know some people are acting like Halo is getting, or Europe is getting better at Halo. They are. They're still not better than North America. Because I remember Kansas City. Other than Ascend, Europe didn't really make that much noise. And like, let's go back and look because I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember. Yeah, Quadrant, Quadrant finished eighth. They, uh, they got obliterated by FaZe. And Ascend lost in five to KCP in loser's bracket. So, yeah, like, congratulations. The best team you beat was Exet. Like, congratulations, Europe. That was the best team you beat was was Exet, who are probably, like, the seventh best team in North America. <laughs> and actually, no, that's about fair. They're probably They're probably about the seventh best team. So yeah, I I don't put much stock in the European teams yet until until they can prove they can actually win on land against North American teams. They're still the second fiddle region. Honestly, with uh, with the now SSG roster and actually having some real money behind them, at least the top team in Mexico, aka SSG, could. Uh, take over as being better than Europe because that Pittsburgh Knights roster is really freaking good. And now they have money. Like I know Pittsburgh Knights are owned by the Steelers, but you really think they're pumping a lot of money into their esports arm because most of the esports orgs that are owned by professional teams aren't very good. Golden Guardians are the Warriors. FlyQuest are the Bucks. I know Hundred Thieves are the Cavaliers, but 
he doesn't do much of the day-to-day. He's just an investor. Like, Nate Shot and John Robinson run most of the day-to-day for 100 Thieves. But, like, Pittsburgh Knights? Nah. Now they're SSG. And I think they will do a lot better, but they're stuck. They're stuck in a tough group. Uh, this one... I don't know. I I feel like this United roster will be better. Because they have snipe down, they won't play that slow ass pace they did with Spartan. And that'll be that'll be phase instead. Unless uh Falcade and Rene- Renegade tell them to shove it, basically. But group D Group D, I don't know. Like, this new Cloud9 roster is still really good. Didn't they? I feel like... I feel like they went reasonably far at the... Uh, at the Grunt Classic. Yeah, where... How, how far did they... How far did they go at the Grunt Classic? They finished fourth. So, yeah, they'll... They'll probably do pretty well in this group... Space Station did uh Space Station did not have a great showing. <laughs> which is which is interesting. Space Station did not have a great showing at this event. But yeah, that's uh this group this group is the one where I think it's the the most toss up. Like group C belongs to Sentinels. It's it's not even close. Like G2 were okay. Navi are bad. Cruelty are meh. Sentinels are KCP champions. And they came in second in the Grunt Classic when they're not as good of an online team. So they're still red hot. Them and them and Optic are my favorites to win the thing. Because, you know, like them them and Optic are are the best team, best two teams in the world right now. And until I see anything to change my mind this weekend, I'm sticking to that. Group D. Group D probably belongs to C9. E United will give them a fight, but their real fight will be with SSG for second. And then J-Lings and whoever the open bracket team end up being will be uh, fighting for who gets fourth and fifth. Like who who avoids who avoids losers round one? That's the sad part. Like if you finish third, you start in losers bracket. I mean, you get you get a double buy into losers three, but still that sucks. <laughs> but yeah, right now. Right now, my picks of who's going to win this thing are basically the same as uh, Kansas City. Optics, Sentinels, or Cloud9. Going to be one of the three. If I had to put money on it, I would say Sentinels go back-to-back because they're not as good of an online team and they still finish second in the Grunt Classic. So I could see a situation where they win this thing. And I no matter what the final ends up being, because it's going to be some combination of those three, it's going to be some combination of Optic Cloud 9 and Sentinels. That's going to be a really hype final on Sunday. 
and it's going to come right after the throwback throwdown, like, that's going to be awesome. Sunday's going to be a really fun day of Halo. I'm, I'm convinced. Because we're going to get the throwback throwdown. We're going to get the, what most people assume is the Halo 3 throwback playlist getting added to Infinite. Which means a bunch of Halo 3 remake maps coming to Infinite. And I could not be more excited for that. But that's what I got for this episode of the mashup. Hope you all enjoyed. Oh yeah, and what are your predictions for the Halo Major? Uh, drop them on my Twitter, drop them in the Discord. Same as always, links in the show description. That's what I got for this week. Hope you all enjoyed. And I hope you all enjoy the rest of your weeks. And I will talk to you guys next time. See you then.